Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. But right now we're going to pray, we're going to go into the Word, and we're going to see um, what God perhaps would speak. So Father, I don't take it lightly the privilege um, of speaking your Word I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for the privilege. But Jesus, we've came here to hear from you. We come here for you, Jesus. We come here for your word. Please speak to us. Open my mouth and open our ears and help us to hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. You should have got a paper when you came in. If you didn't, raise your hand. I'm sure somebody can give it to you. If you want to follow along on the Bible app, it should be up there. Um, should there be no glitches, but we are finishing up our series on gifts. This is the holiday season. People give gifts, and we've talked about the different gifts that God gives. We've talked about scripture. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've talked last week about the gift of the Messiah coming um, as a baby in a manger, and we're going to be finishing that up talking about the gift of Jesus. Now, before I go, there's some pictures I'm going to put on the screen, and I want you to take a look at them, and I want you to see. Um, You're going to see a sign, and I want you to yell out. If you see a sign on the board that you recognize, I want you to yell out what that sign means. So put the first one up there, please. What? Some of y'all had to think about it. It means no right turn. Some of you ignore those, but that's what that means, no right turn. All right, next one. Let's put the next one up there. It means you didn't plan your meal out right and you're hungry. That's what that sign means. And you have nowhere else to stop. Next sign. Put it up there, please. School crossing. That was easy. Next one, please. Taco Bell means your stomach's not working right and you want to get things out. That's what Taco Bell means. Next sign. Speed limit. 70 for some of you, 55 for others, 50 technically, but if you drive slower than 50, you shouldn't have a license. That's what that sign means right there. Next sign, please. It means go slow, like 48. That's what that means. You go about 48 miles an hour. Keep your eyes looking. Next one. We got a couple more. This one right here, my daughter took a picture of. What does that top one mean? But you can't read this one right here. This is, my daughter took a picture of it this week. It says, lost chicken, please don't chase. I don't know why they put that on there, because I wouldn't chase a lost chicken anyway. But that's what that means. Is there any more? Let's see. Is there one more? I don't know. Oh, what does that sign mean? That means that God cared enough about you to come here himself and in his son, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that sign is the most important sign. And we should recognize what these signs mean and we should allow them to work in our life. So let's go to the scripture. Um, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 714. 
Um, chapter 7, verse 14, and where we get the first image of that sign, it says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. What I want to talk about today is that God gives signs. There are sometimes we think God doesn't give signs. He just leaves us out here on our own. But God is all about giving signs. In fact, he tells us he's going to give us a sign. He says, behold, the virgin or the young woman will conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Go back to that picture you just had up there, please. But this is God's sign. Emmanuel, God is with us. That's what that means. That's what it means that Christ came for us, is that God is no longer separate from us. My flashlight is on in my back pocket. Thank you, my dear. Here, you can hold my phone and figure out how to turn that off. But that is what that sign means, that God is with us. And I want you to leave 2019 and to go into 2020, and I want you to have this sign burned into your memory that God is with you. He has not forsaken you. He has given you a sign. He did something miraculous. The virgin conceived. It already happened in a town called Bethlehem. The interesting thing about Bethlehem, it means the house of bread, but one thing about Bethlehem was that was the family of, of David. David's family was from there. He comes from the tribe of uh, David's tribe, and he was a descendant of David. And one very special thing about Bethlehem is they had a lot of shepherds in Bethlehem. In fact, that's why when you hear the Christmas story, you hear about the shepherds coming and seeing Jesus. Now, why did they have shepherds in Bethlehem? They had shepherds in Bethlehem to take care of the sheep, and many of those sheep were used in the temple sacrifices. They were used as the sheep that the priests would take, and they would cut, and they would kill, and they would let the blood drain, and that would atone for the sins of God's people. And in the one place in the world where those sheep were born and raised and cared for, our Messiah, the Lamb of God, was born. And the first people he sent out angels to say, hey, go check this out. Shepherds, your work is done now. The sheep you've been raising for the temple, for the sacrifices, no longer are important. Because the Lamb of God has come. Because Emmanuel, God, is with us. One point I want you to have is, the Lord gives us signs for us to understand that he's moving. This life is tough. Some of you, when I hear the stories about what even people have shared with me since I've entered the building, people have shared with me life-changing things. I'm not going to put their business out there, but somebody said, hey, I need to talk to you, and they shared life-altering, life like when your life is never going to be the same things. And what we need to understand is that God has given us a sign. He's come. The Word became flesh, and He is moving regardless of what other signs you are looking at. See, God gives us signs even when it's difficult. The next scripture I want to go to is that of the book of Luke, 
chapter 5, verses 24 through 25. Jesus is speaking and Jesus is, is being challenged not to do a miracle. I want you to understand this. Not every miracle that Jesus did do people want him to do. The Pharisees saw Jesus doing miracles, and they did not want him to heal this man. They thought it would be a sin for Jesus to heal this man. But Jesus doesn't put up with garbage. And so he looked at them, and he said, But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Why did he do this miracle? Healing is important. God can do healing. But the sign of this miracle was even way more important. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up his bed and went home that he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. The point I want to make for you right now is that signs that are done in the natural point to what the Lord is doing in the supernatural. And you got to get your eyes off of the natural things you see. Now, we have natural signs all around us. Stop signs, we see them, we know what to do. But that's not the most important sign you can see. The other day I was, yesterday actually, I was walking my dog, I'd hurt my back, and I'd, I'd been injured, and so I said, I'm going to go for a three-mile walk to try to get healthy. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? I didn't even wait till New Year's. So I went for a three-mile walk, I'm walking my dog, my dog is peeing on everything he can see, and we're just going, and he's peeing, and we're going, and he's peeing, and I see on the other, on, next to a yard, a dog, and I see the sign that the dog is angry, teeth are growling, He's barking. I cross to the other side of the street. I recognize the sign. I know a lot of time dogs are lazy, and if I put about 50 yards in between me and him, he's probably not going to do anything. So I just keep walking. But he kept giving more signs. His next sign was running at me full speed. So I gave that dog a sign. My sign was my foot in his throat. Because I've been bitten by dogs before, and I said, if you want to fight, let's fight. I'm not just going to sit there and be bit. My other dog, he decided to hide. He wrapped himself around my left leg with the leash. So now I'm on one leg, kicking the heck out of this dog as he's biting my dog and trying to bite me. But you see, I had recognized the signs. I knew what was coming. I made, I made preparation. I went to the other side of the street. But I couldn't stop what was coming. And what I want to put with you is if you recognize the signs of what God is doing, know that it's coming. Sometimes you can't even get out of the way. God is coming after you. God is coming right for you. I'm not saying kick Jesus in the throat. That's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. But what God does in the natural, he's pointing to what's already happened in the supernatural. Sometimes God will do something miraculous in our life, but just know it's already been done in heaven. 
Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 34. Um, Herod. Herod was king in that time. He was appointed. He, he had pretty good control. He was working with the Romans, and he was ta- to, uh, over the Jews. And so he had a pretty good life. He was in a good spot. He was the boss of the Jews. The Romans took care of him. And he saw this Jesus guy going around doing miracles. In verse 31, it says, At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, because Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I will finish my course. See, Jesus was doing these miracles. Jesus was doing these signs. And some people just don't see him. Some people are opposed to God. Herod wanted to kill Jesus for what he was doing, for appointing those signs. Um, And the point I want to give you right now is that God's signs, his signs are warnings to his enemies, but they are wondrous to his followers. So God is doing stuff right now. You have to open your eyes. One of the things Paul prayed for in the Ephesians is that the eyes of your heart would be open, that your understanding would see, that you would recognize what God is doing. And the reason I'm sharing this now is because I believe God wants to do good things next year. I believe God has better things for you next year than this last year. But if your eyes are blind to the signs and you're not paying attention, your hope will run out. Your faith won't be strong. Some people are going to see what Jesus does, and they're just going to be his enemy. But Jesus' people will pick up on those signs and say, He's with me, Emmanuel. The baby that was born in a manger, not only did he die, and not only did he raise again, and not only is he as the right hand of the Father, but he is with me in spirit. And we need to recognize that which Jesus is doing. Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23. Now this is a story about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was Jesus' older cousin. He was a few months older than Jesus. And the way we know this is because when Mary... And Elizabeth met. Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mom. They were cousins. And when they met, they waddled on over to each other because they were both pregnant. And Elizabeth's baby, John, started doing backflips, leaping for joy because he recognized the Messiah. A baby recognized another baby. Jesus was already the Messiah in the womb. He was already the Messiah, and another baby in the womb recognized and was like, that's him, that's him. But John got old, and John lost his sight. John baptized thousands by the river. John finished his course. But now John is older, and he's in prison, and he's getting imprisoned, and he's getting persecution. And I want you to look at what happens to the guy who had seen Jesus as a baby in the womb and leap for joy. Now all of a sudden, the world has clouded his vision. 
And I want to say, some of us, that can happen. You may have leaped for joy at Jesus at one point in your life. You may have been confident, just like baby John the Baptist in the womb, saying he's here, it's going to change, Emmanuel, God is with us, but life happens. And now John the Baptist, he sends his disciples, um, he, he gets a report from his disciples, and John called two of his disciples to him, and he sent them to the Lord. And he said, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? It can happen to the best of us. There might have been a time in your life that you were confident God could do anything. Any problem raised its ugly head and your spirit leapt for joy because you knew Jesus was there. But even John lost that. And so he sends his disciples. And when the men came to him, the disciples of John came to Jesus, they said, John, The Baptist has sent us to you. And he said, are you the one who is to come? Or or should we look for another? Jesus didn't change. John changed. He lost his focus. No condemnation on John. Haven't we all been there? Haven't you all at one time leapt for joy at the Lord and known that he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords? And then at other times you're like, is this even real? Do you even like me, God? Or are you really who you say you are? Or should we look for another? The scripture goes on in verse 21. It says, in that hour... He healed many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits. And on many of them who were blind, he bestowed sight. And then he answered them, Go tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Baby John the Baptist didn't need this. Baby, didn't the Bible say something about come to Jesus like a little child? John the Baptist had left the little child place. No condemnation, man. He's about to get his head chopped off on a platter, he's locked in prison. The authorities are, are after him. But if you come as a little child, you don't need that. But here's the beauty. Here's what you can't miss. Even though John the Baptist had gotten discouraged and gotten disillusioned, Jesus gave him some signs. And what I want to tell you, if you're discouraged and if you're disillusioned, Jesus doesn't give up on you. He doesn't say, oh, what, you stop believing? You're going to leap at the womb, and now you don't believe it? Me, ah, go away. He says, let me prove it to you with signs, wonders, and miracles. But go back up a verse. Because even though John the Baptist was, go, go back up one more verse, please. Because even though John the Baptist was disillusioned, he still was seeking. 
He might not have been able to go himself. But he said, go find out if this is real. If you're disillusioned, if you're thinking this year was too tough, or if you're thinking things are too difficult, or if you are wondering where Christ is, you need to start seeking. And God will not give up. He will say, yes, it's me. Watch what I can do. I've not given up on you. And he likes to prove himself. He likes to stir your faith. Never stop seeking, even when you're disillusioned. Even the best of us can miss his signs. That's the next point. Even the best of us. Jesus said, of one born of man, there's no one better than John the Baptist. Let me tell you something. Nobody here is better than John the Baptist. He was the forewarner of Christ, recognized Jesus in the womb. Um, Robert, you're a good guy, but I doubt you were praising Jesus in the womb. And probably right. You weren't, he doesn't remember. <laughs> he doesn't remember. But even the best of us can miss the signs. So open your eyes. The reason I'm telling you this is good, I, I honestly believe, good things are coming in 2020. And there's signs that God wants you to see, and if you're disillusioned, start seeking. Get back to that place of a little baby where at just the mention of his name, you leap for joy because you know he's great enough. Nothing, you know he's big enough. Don't miss the signs and act accordingly. The next thing I want to go to is just mark Chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. This is one of those scriptures, and if, if, you, if you've read your Bible, which I hope, I hope you've read the whole thing. I mean, if you can read. If you can't read, get an audio book. Make your wife or husband read it to you, your kids. My kids will read all kinds of stuff to me. Hand them something like this. Be like, you want to read? Read this. But this is one of those scriptures that if you really take it at face value, it's kind of nuts. And he, that's Jesus. I want you to be fully aware that this scripture is talking about Jesus and talking about some of the work that he did in his hometown. Sometimes when you've been walking with Jesus long enough, you're just like the people in his hometown. He's too familiar to you. You forget the wonder. You forget the power. You forget the miraculous. You forget he's on the throne. You forget that he can do anything. You forget that you can bring any need unto Christ and he is strong enough. You come to church and you sit here and you're just like Jesus' neighbor who you've been around him, you bump shoulders, but you forget who he is. And look what happens up here. It says, and he could do no mighty work there. Do you understand that about Jesus? Is that even in your superhero or do you have some superhero super Jesus in your mind? Do you think Jesus was like Spider-Man or Superman, that he could just do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted to? That's not what the Bible says. Don't take it up with me. Look what it says right there. 
he could do no mighty works there. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Put that in perspective. He doesn't even consider healing people a mighty work. I couldn't really do anything great. I could just heal a few people. If we healed a few people, we'd be jumping for joy. But what does he mean by mighty work? What's mightier than healing people? Wouldn't you like to find out what he meant by that? What's mightier than healing people? If, if we just got the second part of that, that a few people got healed, a few people, oh, wow, your sniffles went away, your knee feels better, your body's restored, we'd consider that a mighty work. But I want to put this in your mind, is that God considers that baseline. He puts mighty works up here. Some of y'all need some, some of us, we need some mighty works in our lives. We need something to change this year, something that we can't change ourselves. We need the God who can do mighty works. We need that God. Sometimes we get stuck here, and we think that if he healed a few sick people, sick people, that's the mighty work God's talking about. That's just basic. But God wants to do something great. And in verse 6, it said he marveled. And not like the comics. He marveled because of their unbelief. Because they didn't believe him. They didn't trust him. I've been there. I'm sure God's marveled at my unbelief. When I kicked the living stuff out of that dog, and then I had to walk a mile and a half back to my house like this, my belief was not very impressive. But as I read this, I'm encouraging myself as, I'm, as much as I'm trying to encourage you. Is where's your belief? Where's your belief like that child, like little like little baby John the Baptist that could just hear his voice and jump for joy and know that anything possible, everything is going to change. The universe will be different because the sacrifice for sin is about to be paid. It's going to be on the altar in heaven. That every sin that we've committed is covered because on the altar in heaven, the blood is shed because the Lamb of God was slain. And that every prayer we pray, we don't have to worry about if we're good enough. Because when he sees us, his blood has covered us, and we are his children, and we can ask for the mighty works. I don't know exactly what that means, but I would love to see some mighty works this year. I would love to sit back and listen. Oh my God, my prayer would be is that we could have about six months from now that we could not pass the microphone around fast enough because you're sharing the mighty works that God did in your life. But he marvels at our unbelief. This is not a put you down, oh, you don't believe, you're a piece of garbage. That's not what it is. This is a stir you up. Get your faith 
off of what you see. Get your faith off of what you've experienced, the signs that we can only see in this realm, and look to heaven at the sign of the Son of Man at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you right now. The last point I would like to make is the Lord gives us signs for us to understand that He's moving. The Lord gives us signs for us to understand that He's moving. I look around in here and there are some really, really bright people. Some people that I'm impressed. Your intelligence is off the chart. There's, so the rest of you, eh, you're okay too. But there's, I'm just kidding. There's, there's some really bright people. All of you, you're bright, you're intelligent. We can all be dumb though. But if we open our eyes and we start with the one sign, please put that last picture up of Jesus in a manger. If we start with this sign right here of Jesus in a manger, and we realize what he did, hint, that's not really Jesus. They didn't have phones back then for pictures, okay? But, but it's an it's interpretation. If we realize that what he did as, as he grew up and he grew in favor with God and man, and as he lived a sinless life, and as he healed all those who came to him, and, and as he even went to Gentiles, I want you to think about how great this is. Born into the Jewish religion, born into a religion that was very closed off, even the Syrophoenician woman, he came to her and he met her need. And now every single one of us, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, that blood is shed and it covers it all. And he lives on high. So start with this sign and go through the Gospels and look at every other sign. And look at what that means for you. And get your eyes off of the regular signs you see. And let your faith be stirred because I think 2020 can be a very, 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 very good year. Now the last thing I'll say is, just as the government puts up signs, you ever seen a speed limit sign that doesn't belong there? Come on, you never seen that? Four-way lane and it's 35 miles an hour? You're like, who put this here? Right? No left turn. How else am I supposed to make a left? There's nowhere else. You ever seen a sign that doesn't belong there? That's what the devil does. He's like those city planners that put signs all over the place that don't belong. You have to obey the government, but you can ignore the enemy's signs. Because the enemy's going to give you signs too. He's going to make things go bad. You're going to look at those signs and lose your faith and your hope is going to drain. Or you can keep going back to the sign above all sign, to the work above all work, to the king above all kings. I'm going to close right now. Would you just bow your heads with me just for a second? Would you just... I hope, I hope this made a little sense for you today. I hope God spoke to your heart. I hope... I hope you're encouraged for the next year. I hope your eyes are open, looking for what God is doing.
How many people in this room, you'd like to ask God to open your eyes so that you could see clearly what he's doing in the next year? You would like to have the eyes of your understanding open just so, just so you can recognize him. See where he's moving. See what he's doing. Not, not be distracted. Just slide your hand up real quick. I'm going to pray for everybody who does that. God, you see us. My hands are raised. Open our eyes, Jesus. Take us away from the signs of the world and put our eyes on the sign of of the risen Christ. Help us to see what you're doing to have faith like little children and forgive us where we've doubted you. There's some people in this room right now, you don't have to say it loud, but you have to, you have to whisper. Just say, God, forgive me for doubting you. Nobody else needs to hear but you and him. Say, Father, forgive me for my unbelief. Just ask him to help you to believe. To help you to see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? As we close the service, I'm so grateful you guys came out. I hope that the Lord dropped something in your heart. I hope that this sticks with you for 2020 and you keep your eyes open. And don't get caught with the distractions, but follow the signs he gives. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>